Welcome to 100 PM, the show where we're interviewing 100 expert product managers around the globe to bring you all the actionable advice you need to succeed in product. I'm your host, Susanna Bate, product coach and founder of The Development Factory. And today, you're listening to How to Define Your Product Strategy, an exclusive multi-episode series featuring Gib Biddle, former VP of product for Netflix. Today's episode is the GEM model. Prioritizing growth, engagement, and monetization to keep organizations aligned. As companies grow, product strategy helps teams maintain focus. But misalignment, especially across product marketing, sales, and finance organizations, happens often. One of the biggest causes is differing opinions on how to prioritize growth, engagement, and monetization. The GEM model forces cross-functional teams to prioritize these factors and helps build a metrics-focused organization. In 2005, Netflix had nearly 2 million members, was growing 30% year-over-year, and monthly cancellation, the proxy for product quality and engagement, was about 4.5%. Each month, 4.5% of our customers would cancel. The key challenge at the time was how to build a profitable business. So a force rank of growth, engagement, and monetization, along with the metrics we used to measure each, looked like this. So this is the GEM prioritization for Netflix in 2005. The first thing that was prioritized was monetization. And monetization was measured by lifetime value and gross margin. The second most important thing was engagement and we measured this by monthly retention. You can think of this as a proxy for your overall product quality. And because of this, growth fell third, and we measured growth by year-over-year member growth rate. In 2005, that was about 30%. Based on the four-strength prioritization above, monetization first, engagement second, and growth third, we put some new projects at the top of our prioritized list. In 2005, we started testing advertising, we experimented with selling previously viewed DVDs to members, and we initiated lots of price and plan testing. Our priority was monetization to answer the question, how can Netflix deliver a high-margin business? Eventually, we figured out how to deliver a more profitable DVD rental service through the introduction of lower price plans. We maintained our $22 a month, three discs at a time plan, but added $15 and $9 monthly plans for two and one DVD at a time. Both of these lower price plans generated a higher lifetime value. By 2008, we were confident that we could deliver a profitable business, and we flipped the priority as we set a goal to achieve 20 million subscribers by 2010. We wanted to convince investors we would have a big, profitable business in the long term. Here's how we forced rank growth, engagement, and monetization in 2008. We did it exactly in that order. We put growth first, engagement second, and monetization third. It's an absolute flip of of what it had previously been. By this point, we had reasonable confidence that we could deliver higher margins, and the priority shifted to growth. At different times in a company's life, the priorities change. It's an excellent habit to reassess the priority of these three factors every six months or so. Here is product strategy exercise number 11. 
a companion to this essay. Thinking about the overall needs of your company, how do you prioritize growth, engagement, and monetization? Which metric will you use to measure each? Now, compare notes with your CEO and leaders in other parts of the company to see how they prioritize the three factors. If the answer is different, find ways to debate the prioritization and reach agreement. Doing this every six months will dramatically improve cross-functional alignment. I hope you enjoy the next essay. It outlines how to bring strategic thinking front and center in your product organization. Jem. Jem, truly outrageous. Jem. I have to say that I, you know, I felt two ways about this because I was like glee, glee, glee. And then it's gem, gem, and, and DHM. And are you trying to inspire infighting over which of these acronyms is the best one, the most inspirational? Well, I know the worst, which is DHM. <laughs> yeah, DHM sounds like, um, like a shipping company. <laughs> this is DHM strategy. I couldn't fix it. Okay, Gem, I love this. It stands for growth, engagement, money. Are you saying at the end of the day, these are the three things? And are you also saying at the end of the day, that is the order in which they matter? I'm always trying to help product leaders to anticipate future challenges. If I walk into a startup, the number one source of lack of alignment across the organization tends to be along in this area. So I can ask the simple question, how do you prioritize growth, engagement, and monetization? And I can ask it in the finance area. If I get a different answer than from the marketing or product area, I know there's a lack of alignment. So this is a super simple model. Generally, it's good to reevaluate it every six months or so. The other thing that I appreciated about it is if you start getting into it very quickly, you start getting into a metrics conversation. What do you need by engagement uh, at different companies? And how do you evaluate product quality? That's really the question. And now you're having a real metrics conversation, which I just find incredibly helpful. And then as a leader, so you can grow up in product, and at some point, if you become a marketing muck, like a VP of product, now you have to coexist with your marketing partner, and you have to coexist with your finance partner, and I joke, you can no longer say those bastards in marketing, right? But you start to understand this notion of cross-functional alignment. And this is one of the models that I just find it the most helpful in teasing out whether there is a lack of alignment. And lack of alignment is really painful. You know, imagine that you're rowing a crew shell, a boat with eight rowers, and one side's going at twice the speed the other side. That's, that's a disaster. And that's what lack of alignment looks like. In one of our previous Q&As, you were talking about those fussy people that need to put everything into puzzles. And I was quiet because I think I might be one of those people. (laughs) I'm trying to also put all of this together because I, I do a lot of coaching on product management, as you know. And I think it's so valuable for people. People are hearing great ideas all the time. They're not always getting that actionable. Your essay series is incredibly actionable, as we've spoken about, but I'm, I want to make sure I understand how it stitches together. How does GEM feed back into that roadmap or those strategies? And is it competing with the proxy metrics? Is it that the proxy metrics should be laddering up to one of of these three cornerstone metrics? Oh, so first think of it as like a temperature check on health. You know, is everybody aligned? 
The example I gave at Netflix, we were going along growth first, engagement second, monetization third. And then two years later, for a variety of reasons, we flipped the switch. And we said, actually, we need to prove that this is a, we can build a profitable business. We can deliver financial return. So we put monetization first, engagement second, and then growth third. We, we said we'll accept slowdown and growth to prove out that we can deliver a real business model. Is that when I got my first, just an FYI, yeah. your prices increasing? As a no, business? actually, well, we can come back to that. This is early. Because of that, we said, okay, how are we going to make money? That's when we said, okay, we're going to try advertising. We're going to try selling our used discs. We're going to do lots of price and plan testing. So to answer your question... It fundamentally said we're putting more resources against the projects around monetization. We dedicated new resources to other business models. So that's how you can think about the coexistence. And then in your point, when you've started to notice that the price increases at Netflix have been going up, it's funny, I've thought about this. How do I guess that Netflix prioritizes growth, engagement, and monetization today? It's tricky. Here's my challenge. It's like a coin flip between growth and monetization. Because to your point, they know what folks value is the original content. And they're trying to raise their prices so they can have the cash to invest more in what customers are asking for. Maybe their monetization first, growth second, and engagement third. Retention's at 2%. Like only 2% are canceling each time. The product is great, okay? And frankly, at their scale... I probably accept uh, less clear prioritization. Punk startups, I will, I will accept no ambiguity. These are for strength, you know, or I'll kill you, right? And Netflix is playing a different game at scale. They might get away with having things almost tied. This plays into a, a framework that I write about called the four fundamental tensions of product management. Is this business yeah. value, customer value? If you yeah. swing too yeah. far into business value yeah. too soon. Yeah. Shareholder value, customer value. Yep, exactly. yep, yep. Gib Biddle, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell our listeners how they can reach you, learn more, stay in touch? I am www.gibsonbiddle.com. I'm also Gibson Biddle on Medium. All right. You've been listening to 100 PM with Gib Biddle. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a ton, Suzanne, for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to 100 PM, the official podcast for 100productmanagers.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe in the Apple Store at Google Play or on Stitcher, or leave us a great review so others can help find us. If you want to get in touch directly, email Suzanne at 100productmanagers.com or visit us on the web. Thank you.